Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. In this episode, Brian Strauss joins me to talk about this week's start of the English Premier League season, as well as our thoughts on the MLS All-Star Game. A quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! Let's bring in Brian Strauss from Washington, D.C. First off, Brian, we're recording this on Monday. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. I'm working on this. is only the second time in my life I've done any work of any kind on my birthday. I'm sorry about this. We're sort of violating your streak here. Well, I mean, the streak was broken. The streak was broken in 2012 by the U.S. women mm-hmm. um, when they played that ridiculous Olympic semifinal against Canada. Um that ended like 18-17 and six overtimes or whatever that was. 4-3, Alex Morgan deep into extra time. And so that was the year before I joined Sports Illustrated. I was at Sporting News and my editor sort of called me in a panic and said, look, I know I know that's your birthday, but we need you to write on this. This is big. So I did. And that sort of broke the, it was like the scene in Life of Brian where he, you know, breaks his vow of silence because someone steps on his foot or something like that. So a very lengthy streak of refusing to uh, cater to the man on my birthday was broken. (laughs) And so, yeah, so this just breaks like a four-year, five-year streak. And to be honest, I have nothing to do today anyway, nothing. Um, You may be the only person I speak to today, you and and all of our listeners. Um, But that's my situation. Um, I took a Valium to get myself ready for this. So let's go. <laughs> By the way, just uh, 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 so many things happened in that Olympic semifinal in 2012 where you had, I don't know if I'm sure you remember this. This was uh, Canada leading the U.S. women three separate times, the U.S. women coming back three separate times. That, that was the one with the goalie, with the six second goalie count thing. Was that the game? That was when Abby Wambach starts counting, like holding her <laughs> hand up to the referee and counting how many seconds the Canadian goalkeeper is taking before a goal kick. And then comes the referee actually calling it, providing an indirect free kick for the U.S. that they score on. It just drives the Canadians mental and eventually the u.s wins yeah so 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 i so i i worked on my birthday uh that that was the that was although i I did it for my you were there right you were you were in london i was and this is where i make an awkward transition and say that game took place at old trafford and wouldn't you know it the premier league starts this week oh we're just gonna skip the mls all-star game we're just gonna pretend it didn't happen we may get to it later The news of the week is the Premier League starting, and it it does seem a little early because when you think about it, like the Bundesliga doesn't start for another like two weeks. Um, I think the Bundesliga gets it right in many ways, but um, it'll be another week before the Italian and Spanish leagues start. Not that any of us would know, since being sports is like off just about every. TV provider in America, including mine right now, and no longer even has the Italian League. Nobody seems to have it as of yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, between the B and sports fiasco, um, I have Comcast. And, and Comcast actually never even put B in on HD because B in's a competitor to Comcast's own sports stuff because Comcast is the devil. Um, now it's gone altogether. And between that and sort of my 
pre-World Cup frenzy failure to figure out how ESPN Plus worked. <laughs> I have no games to watch anymore. It's, it's back to being like 1993 again. Um, I have to figure this out. Essentially, like the only game I really watched this weekend was the DC United Montreal Impact game, which was entertaining. It was back and forth and good stuff. Um, but it was on local cable here in, in Washington. And other than that, I'm flying blind. I got nothing. It's a weird time for soccer and television, whether you that's actual TV or streaming channels. My cable package contract is up in January, and I think I'm going to cord cut. Um, because, honestly, the only reason I had kept cable was because of sports. But now, soccer is basically available on streaming channels. And you don't if need you, if a you have TV the, subscription. If you have the bandwidth and your place to stream, then more power to you. I, I live in an older building, um, and the internet here is definitely like Flintstones era. And uh, if I tried to cut the cord and stream, I would basically just watch be watching buffering for 90 minutes. <laughs> so I'm kind of at Comcast's mercy. <laughs> but, if, but the ESPN Plus thing is baffling. And again, if this was just one of those things where I couldn't, I, I saw the announcement, I couldn't worry about it. I was trying to figure out the World Cup stuff. Um, and we're still there. I mean, we've said this in every episode um, since we've been back. I'm still dreaming about, you know, what formation France should play. So the, the transition is being forced upon us by the Premier League starting. Yeah, it's way too early. I, I still feel like it should be a late August kind of thing. And, and the Bundesliga, I guess the Bundesliga has two fewer teams, right? So there's right. some fewer matches, but the Bundesliga still manages to do uh, the winter break as well. It's too early. The Community Shield was yesterday. Uh, Man City didn't have too much trouble uh, winning their first trophy of the season. And so I guess... Uh, going going forward, I mean, Man City is going to be the absolute heavy favorite to repeat. They added Riyad Mahrez uh, to a team that was already loaded. Um, Riyad Mahrez, a player who could have won the World Cup this summer with France. He is he is born and raised in French, uh, in France. There's that Valium. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, chose to represent Algeria instead. Um, so just goes to show you the the, the kind of talent development and depth. Uh, available in France um, and why they won the World Cup. And uh, the, the key for them is is how much they're going to win the league by and and can uh, can the addition of Mares and and maybe the the growth of guys who had good World Cups. Um, you know, you think about you know guys like John Stones. Um, you know, Raheem Sterling had his struggles at the World Cup, but still it was a really good experience. Maybe Gabriel Jesus comes back a, a better player. Maybe Leroy Sané comes back an angrier, hungrier player. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne obviously will be full of confidence. But here's a team uh, that's ready to win the Champions League, that should win the Champions League. Um, and, and that, to me, is going to be the big story of the season. Yeah. I, I mean, they were so freaking good last year, Man City, setting records, points, goals, all that stuff. Um that it's hard for me to think they could equal that or surpass that this season. But there was such a gap between them in second place, between them and Liverpool. Uh, and it's funny how, you know, just because Liverpool got to the Champions League final and made some nice additions, you know, got a real goalkeeper in Allison. Um, 
you know, even Shakiri, I think, is a nice ad. Uh, Fabinho, Keita. Um, there's a lot to be excited about. But when Liverpool was here in New York, I did a couple of events um, as a, a host uh, for current players, former players. So guys like Robbie Fowler, Adam Lalana, uh, John Arnott Risa. And I remember asking Risa, I was like, so, you know, there's fans that think you, Liverpool could challenge to win the league this year. What do you think? And he was pretty honest, you know, even in front of their fans th- at this event. And he was just like, you know, there were a lot of points separating Man City and Liverpool last year. and 25. <laughs> you know, and Liverpool wasn't even in second place last year in the league. So, um it's a lot to ask and I would love to see there be a real title race because there certainly wasn't last year. And yet city is so freaking good. And even if Liverpool is a lot better, they're going to have to rely on city taking a real step back, maybe having an injury in a key place like Fernandinho or something, not a ton of depth in the defensive midfield for man city. They didn't get Jorginho who went to Chelsea it's pretty rare these days that Man City and Guardiola don't get what they want. Well, if and if and if Guardiola decides to sort of take it out of fifth gear now and then in the league, um, in order to you know, if, you know, if if the squad rotation is a bit different this time, um, if he's resting different guys at different times, because a it was a long summer for a lot of them, maybe they get a slower start, um, and maybe he just decides that it's Champions League or bust, and and he's going to sort of focus on that competition. I mean, you know. Real Madrid has essentially done that in a way over the past few years. Um, you know, maybe that opens the door. But again, we're talking about a, a, you know a twenty-five point gap uh, that would have to close, um, a, a nineteen-point gap between Man City and second place Manchester United. So Man City has room to lose games, has room to to give give players more of an opportunity, spread the minutes out a bit more, and still win the league and still focus on on Europe. And so what what intrigues me is to sort of follow these guys you know off of the World Cup um and to see, you know, how that experience this summer kind of not only shapes their fitness and their approach but kind of shapes the intangibles because the Champions League it just seems has become so much about toward, you know, the sharp end of the competition which teams kind of have the medal uh to 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 get over those hurdles and win the thing and we we've seen Madrid just sort of with that just inexorable will to win and that confidence in big moments. Um, you know, I wonder how the World Cup, you know, Benjamin Mendy is a World Cup winner now. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne was a, a World Cup star. Um, and then again, again, you guys have, uh, you have the guys from England who maybe just come in with a bit more uh, ownership, leadership, confidence, experience, grit, whatever, um, that may help in a competition like the Champions League when the games get tough in the spring. So um, the time is now. I, I think it's intriguing that we talked so much during the World Cup about top tier and second tier and pedigree, and, and, and we saw upsets. We saw Germany and Spain go out. We saw Croatia make an unprecedented, or at least unprecedented in the last several decades, run to the final for a country that didn't sort of have, you know, top tier consensus status. Um, the Champions League has been similar. We we haven't seen 
nouveau riche win the Champions League, maybe other than Chelsea, if you want to consider them a few years back. It's been the same traditional names over and over that always are there at the end. And so Man City uh, would be would upset that sort of traditionalist apple cart and sort of crash that party. Um, they're not a traditional European power. And, and obviously they've got the money and the resources and the talent. But it hasn't then take it hasn't taken them past the big names at the end yet. So I realize this is until April, May, etc. Um, but perhaps Guardiola enters the season now, thinking about how he can best position his team uh, to win those games a few months down the road. It certainly seems like it's a new chapter for Real Madrid, and it, you know, which has won the last three Champions League titles. Ronaldo's gone, Zidane is gone. As of yet, they've really not replaced Ronaldo. And so there is a feeling that there's an opening. Uh, I would have said the same thing last year based on how Madrid played in the league. Um, there should be an opening for a team like City or some other aspirant to to win Champions League and mix it up a little bit. Um, PSG? Potentially, you know. Um, as of yet, I mean, we keep saying like, as of yet, you know, Thursday is the transfer deadline for incoming transfers to England. And that's changed uh, quite a bit from previous years when the transfer deadline has been at the end of the month, you know, a couple games through two or three games into the season. But it's only for England. It's not for the rest of Europe. And I, I find it odd like that this wasn't it seems strange, like, it's almost like if you're going to have a salary cap, you need a salary cap for all the leagues. And if you have a transfer deadline day for one of the big European leagues, it's kind of odd that it's weeks off from the other big leagues. I'm also interested in seeing how Fulham will do. You know, Fulham's back in the Premier League. They signed Andre Scherla from, from Dortmund. Um, obviously, Tim Ream, one of the one of the few Americans uh, playing in the Premier League, I guess, along with... with uh, DeAndre Yedlin, and am I missing anyone? Is that it? Hmm. Am I missing someone obvious? Danny Williams? Danny Williams, thank you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that'll be fun to watch. You know, Fulham is sort of a, a team that, that a lot of fans over here like to follow. Um, I would love to see a game there at Craven Cottage. I covered the USA-Columbia friendly at Craven Cottage, whenever the hell that was. Um, I don't know, 2014, 2015. Kyle Breckerman had a really good game that night. Columbia was really impressive, but I couldn't for the life of me tell you what year that game was. It was 2014. Uh, 2014. And, uh, but it would be fun. But it, it's just, it's just a, a cool, cozy, historic little stadium along the Thames. And, and obviously they're going to be doing some remodeling um, and, and going to modernize it. But, uh, but it's a cool place to see a match um, owned by Shad Khan, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner. So that'll be a good storyline. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's it's like I said, I mean, it's hard to pick anyone other than Manchester City uh, to win the thing. Um, and so you start to look at how they'll fare in Europe. Um, and also, uh, I guess, across town, you've got uh, Jose Mourinho sort of already in, in mid-season, cantankerous, um, stressed out form. Um, he seems beleaguered. He seems overwhelmed. I don't know why the pressure seems to be getting to him. I, he usually sort of was the one controlling the narrative and seeming so above all of that. Um, and it'll be fun to see how Paul Pogba reintegrates back into Manchester United. I mean, one of the big, big stories for me during the World Cup 
was Didier Deschamps' ability to, 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 to get hit those guys to play a style of soccer that was really deferential and team-oriented. Um, and France so many times has failed because of the egos there. Um, but when you, when you play a style where ego is subverted, where it's not about who's getting the looks and who's, who the ball's moving through and who's getting the shots and, you know, who's, who's the guy scoring the beautiful goal and pointing to the name on the back of his shirt. Um, when you're forced on the field to play, um, you know, very tactical, restrained, team-oriented soccer, um, you get the best out of people and you kind of dispense with, with egos or flights of fancy or that kind of nonsense. And we saw Paul Pogba um, really fit in and really embrace that and really have an outstanding tournament. And so all of the questions about how should he be used at United, what's the best way to get the best out of him, um, it's hard to now blame the player, right? Because we saw uh, what he's capable of inside of a coherent system and we saw what he gave to France. So can Jose Mourinho get the same out of him? Um, you know, can Jose Mourinho turn him into the same sort of, you know, dominant connecting fulcrum and, 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 and pace setter that he was for France? So that'll be fun to watch as well um, as, as, he, as Jose stresses out and, you know, City builds a, a double-digit point lead by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, I will say this. I'm glad that the transfer window closes earlier simply to keep Mourinho from carping on and on and on about this and how he's not getting any players and blah 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 and you know it looks like he's gonna get some players uh drone boateng is a name that is surfacing uh when i was with Bayern a couple of weeks ago in philadelphia the club was sort of whispering very clearly that um uh boateng was on his way out and that our man inspector pavard was on his way into Bayern, if not this window then the next one they really like him um, Boateng did not have a good world cup did he he did not but there seems to be as there was with arturo vidal who has been sold by Bayern uh already barcelona. to barcelona there was a similar vibe with Boateng, where they were just like uh you know not even really hiding it, like Karl Heinz Rummenigge saying, you know, we have depth at center back, and he named several guys, including Chris Richards, the American of all things. Um, which I would love it if that were the case, if he actually does value the American guy who's a teenager from FC Dallas on loan that much. Um, but I also find it interesting um, these guys who have signed with Rock Nation, Jay Z's group. Um, which is just now getting into soccer and they signed Lukaku who has just spent the last like three weeks on, you know, in LA and New York, hanging out with rock nation people and Jay Z. And you think that's why they sign with them? I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, I mean, all things being equal, you know, if you want to kind of, you know, be part of that scene, that that's a good way to be, be a part of it. It is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about agents. Agents Agents never I, – I don't exist. Agents never talk to me. I never get anything from me. I've never been good at this. I've never been good at, 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 at hooking up with agents. I don't know what it is. Um, I got nothing on that front. But, it's, you know, they, they do some agenting. They also represent commercial stuff aside from agenting. So, like, Lukaku still has Mina Royola as his agent but also has signed with Rock Nation. Uh, for what that's worth. I don't know if anyone even cares. Um, 
you know, Jerome Boateng is another Rock Nation guy. They don't have too many guys in soccer, but they've been very strategic in people they've picked. And I think it would be interesting if Boateng and Lukaku end up on the same team at Manchester United. Um, I think Boateng, as long as he's healthy, which is a big if, is still one of the best center backs out there. So if Man United could get him, that would be, uh, I think, a terrific signing. Did Liverpool, I know Liverpool signed Allison. Did they sign any defenders? Um, I can't think of anyone, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, no standouts. Um, you know, they seem to want to continue with Dan Lovren as a starting center back. Oh, well, they, and they had Virgil van Dijk they yeah. signed last season, right? Okay. Yeah. That's right. Um, but, and they have Oxlade, uh, not Oxlade, uh, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yes. I, sorry, I, I, I mix up all of the hyphenated names in my head. Oxlade Arnold, all whatever. Anyway, um, yes, Trent Alexander Arnold, uh, the right back, and then I don't know who their left back is. Is it, just, anyway, they, is it just me, or do players in their twenties and late teens have much many more hyphenated last names than they used to? There are a lot. There seem it seemed like on England that it seemed like that is an English thing. It's an American uh, thing too. I'm talking like millennials, but like even younger than millennials. I run into a lot of this. Bradley Wright Phillips. Oh, that too. The New York Red Bulls, I may I, I don't think I'm mistaken, but I may be. But I think the New York Red Bulls announced this weekend that they would be retiring Wright Phillips' number. Yes. And that that's weird, right? Uh, like he hasn't like he's not even like usually that's a thing that when a player retires or after they retire, that that's it just seems strange to do that. I'm not saying it's not deserved. I mean he the guy is like all praise to to BWP, but but it just seems like while he's still got a few good years left to kind of trot that out there. I don't know why it was necessary now, um, but yeah, that's cool. Good I, for him. I guess, Mike. Yeah, it is. I mean, certainly it's an, an impressive goal scoring achievement to get to a hundred goals faster than any player in the league history. Well, you know how I feel about that. Like, it's completely. I mean, how many? It's. I think the regular season goals thing is utter nonsense. We're not including uh, playoff goals, yes. Right. It's just utter nonsense. But anyway, if you're going to pick an arbitrary <laughs> way, to, why not goals he scored on a Saturday or goals he scored in a red jersey? Like, it's it's complete arbitrary nonsense. But that being said, it he's he's wonderful and he's he's and if you haven't met him in person, like find like do it. The guy is just he's so cool and humble and funny. Um, and congrats to him on his career, on in his achievement. I mean, a guy who came in as a trialist, a guy who came in as a, you know, basically, you know, totally failing to live up to the to the standards set by his father and, and his brother at that point as well, um, and really sort of beleaguered. And, and, and he came in and has just been fantastic. And, and then, of course, he scored all these goals, and everyone said it was because Henri sort of creating space for him and doing right. that work for him and setting him up, and then Henri leaves, and it doesn't, it doesn't phase him one bit. So, no, build a statue of him outside the <laughs> arena. That's totally cool. It just seems strange, like, now, you know, it's like it's like listening to your own eulogy while you're still alive. Like, it just seems weird. By the uh, way, if you want to listen to a fun podcast interview, uh, Ian Wright. Uh, check out the interview I did with Ian during the World Cup in which he went in on Mike Petke for not supporting great. the signing yep. of Bradley Wright Phillips when he first came to the club. <laughs> Yep, that's a funny that's a funny family and and interesting family to listen to. Um, unfortunately, 
uh, Wright Phillips missed his penalty against Juventus uh, in the All-Star game, hit the post, um, and that was the difference uh, in that event. I thought it was interesting. Apparently, there were like 700 members of the media credentialed for this thing in Atlanta, and it's in you know 70 more than 70,000 fans. It was a huge event, and I just think it's kind of funny that neither of us were there. You know. Like 700 me, like who are, I can, I can name like seven, you know? And so there was another 693 members of the soccer from media I'm not familiar with. And yet somehow neither of us made it to Atlanta. I'm sorry. My texting is blowing up. Yeah. Uh, seriously. You got a trade I, happening or something? While we're having this con- this conversation, I, I, I try to tell people not to text me on a Monday morning, but it, they don't listen. Um, so yeah, it was a big event. Neither of us, neither of us made it down there, I guess, because we're both. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm definitely. <laughs> I've got another week or two left of total post World Cup malaise. Um, but I like the All Star Game. I do. I think it's the best All Star Game in sports. Um, it's a fun event. That's all it's supposed to be. Um, I don't. If if they got rid of the All Star Game, I'd be fine with that too. Like I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a must-have, but if you're going to do it, then do it like this. Do it where there's a little bit of competitive grit, where the teams mean something, um, where there's a little bit of intrigue and interest about how the players will show and how how much they're going to give. Tata Martino clearly took it seriously. Apparently, he was kind of running guys through some basic tactical paces in the training session they had beforehand. Um, And so if you're going to have it, have it like this. have a game where the players want to try just hard enough, you know, uh, to maybe get a result to maybe show what they can do. Um, and so it's a good event and it would have been cool to have gone. Um, and it was one, one, it was, it was a real soccer game that had a real soccer score and, uh, you won on penalties. So next year it'll be in Orlando apparently. Yes. Um, I like it down there in Orlando. I don't know if you've been to the new stadium yet. But uh... I haven't been either, you know, and there was talk about I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I like playing the foreign club. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been talk about an MLS All-Star game against the League MX All-Stars. Right. Uh, and that would be cool, too, because you'd still have, again, that that slight competitive element. You know, you'd have you'd be on a team that means something that has it has a, a sort of an identity to it. And you'd be playing against a team that has a, a kind of identity to it. And I think guys on both sides will want to show well. And so that'll make for a real game. And so I'd be fine with that. It would also be interesting to me, considering uh, Orlando's ties with Brazil, if we finally see a, uh, a South American team in one of these games. It would be neat, finally, maybe to you know bring up, bring up Corinthians, bring up Flamengo, bring up a powerhouse Brazilian club, maybe, uh, to do this. It would give a bit of a different wrinkle. Uh, so I guess that was the only other sort of thing and note that happened in the past week. Um, besides me napping a lot. <laughs> so I promised you I would keep this on your birthday, the 20 minutes. We're already seven minutes beyond that. My apologies. Um, but happy birthday, man. Um, and uh, we are going to be, Brian and I are going to be off for the next three weeks. I'm going to be in India on vacation um, in remote parts, um, seeing family members. Um, on my wife's side, and looking forward to that, and basically disconnecting from just that's about so cool everything. Man, I'm so excited! I want to see pictures, and I want to re- really. I'm excited, really, to hear about 
here about the trip because I can't really, I mean, we're not going to tell each other about our trips to Russia, right? I mean, it'd be a really boring conversation <laughs> between the two of us. And you don't want to listen to me, like, you know, talk about, you know, walking around courthouse and buying tacos. So, um, <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to be counting on you, uh, to regale me with, with tales. It'll so be, I, it'll be so interesting. I, so, I can, so I can live vicariously and have some adventures, man. Cause you know, I'm kind of, kind of desperate. So, well, uh, very long story short, we've been once before to India in 2006. My wife's dad is from a remote village in southern India in Tamil Nadu province uh, that he was the first person in the village uh, ever to kind of get out and became an engineer and came to the U.S. and started a family, started a life. But it's pretty cool to go to a remote village. It's been 12 years since we last did it and see all these family members and they're very welcoming and uh it makes the world feel very small so that's so cool and 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 celine's mother is french right correct that's awesome correct like Um, what an awesome kind of cosmopolitan fascinating kind of background my parents are from new jersey (laughs) and and their parents new jersey i think or maybe new york Like, like like i got nothing no disrespect to the homeland, no, you know, the, yeah. but but like France and India, what a neat combination, and 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 what what fascinating places to go, and and certainly when you go and you know people and you have connections and people who can show you the real country and and sort of you know dig under the tourist and uh, veneer a little bit, um, just makes it all the the more fascinating. So that's uh, the guy I, I I really value Leo, our our friend in in Russia who who provided us. With the space borscht, right? Um, he and a he and a friend, uh, when we were in St. Petersburg, took me out uh, for lunch at like a, you know, like a modern Russian, like 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 a like a modern restaurant, a new restaurant in St. Petersburg that was like a modern take on like traditional Russian food. Huh. Um, so the kind of thing you would love and really understand and appreciate where I was generally clueless, but it was still better than just like going to the market and buying bananas, which should and, and you know, Kit Kats, which is what I've been doing most of the time I was in Russia. And it was a place I never would have gone and an experience I never would have had, ha- had I not met Leo and Alex and had they not taken me, uh, taken me to this lunch. So, um, the things you can experience when you travel like that are awesome. Nice. And, and you, you better take some pictures for me, man. I will. I may post some on Instagram, uh, and Facebook while I'm gone, but, cool. uh, uh, Fear not, by the way, listeners, there will be one podcast a week while I'm gone for three weeks. I'm going to get three interview podcasts in the can to come out on Thursday so that you'll have new stuff. Got some good interviews set up for the week here and still trying to set up another one. But uh, Brian, once again, happy birthday. Hope you have a great week. And uh, you and I will talk in three weeks. Thanks, dude. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Strauss as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the cause if you do. And check out the 30-minute Planet Football video show hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on SI.TV. Amazon, and Fubo TV. See you next time.
Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.